listening to a Core Education podcast featuring Manu Fa'aia Simeatu and Anthony Faitawa. Talofa kiora malo lelei fakalofa lahiatu taloha ni pula vinaka. Happy Pacific greetings. Talofa Manu. You mentioned the um, identification process for Pacifica learners that schools can use to collect appropriate cultural data, um, but can you talk more about the identification process for gifted Pacifica students? Uh, how would Pacifica students know that they are gifted? Yeah, great question. I mean, like cultural identifiers, uh, that they're more prevalent in the home in the extended family or the community rather than being visible at school. You know, so this means that Pacifica students would know if they were gifted because their parents, loved ones or those who spent time with them in a nurturing environment and cultural you know, context would be able to identify it. And I think this is why it was really important in terms of the cultural identifiers I created for Rutherford College because, you know, this was a way for the school to see the visibility of of those what is normally visible in the home but actually in an educational environment because it really added to be able um, for the bus speaker students to recognize that they had giftedness in them but just you know wasn't recognized before um, in a mainstream giftedness context so I guess it's providing an additional lens not a not an instead of or kind of like saying oh you know you're just they just wanted Pacifica students in the program, so they just—it's not about that. It was, you know, consultation with parents to to find out what they valued, and getting their voice, having um, their input in their child's learning, because you know, and that was was true engagement with those families. So you know, how this can impact on schools is that Pacifica parents, you know, they have to be involved in the consultation process with the gifted coordinator or the facilitator, the teacher, or senior leader in charge of Pacifica about what cultural identifiers look like, you know, because the Pacifica notions of giftedness can only come from the home. And as I said before, when I was developing the, the cultural identifiers for giftedness for the Rutherford College TDI initiative, parents were brought in and uh, we managed to, you know, the, the group of parents that were brought in were reflective of all the different ethnic groups in Pacifica. So it's not, you know, more dominated or Tongan dominated that what we did was when we canvassed the whole uh, group of Pacifica parents we made sure that we pulled universal identifiers that were common amongst all of Pacifica because in order for Pacifica notions to be brought about there needs to be a consensus I think this is where we've seen an issue where um, you need to have the separation and the distinctiveness of the Pacifica nations talk to them, get their, their thoughts, the, the commonalities amongst them all, because they have distinct language uh, differences, you know, and uniqueness within their own culture. So once you're able to separate them, get their thoughts, collect it together, have a consensus, that is true Pacifica consultation. So from that process, we're able to create uh, 10 identifiers. And I'll just you know, quickly go through them, but the first one is adaptability. And that's, for example, um, gifted Pacifica learners are able to strategically adapt to 
using either the you know, New Zealand, Aotearoa, Pākehā way of thinking, or Basrika thinking. The second one is memory. For example, um, students are able to cite formal Basrika customs and, and familial and, and village links um, of their ancestral homes. Number three, church affiliation. For example, students are able to use their knowledge and experiences gained in church to benefit others. Although in saying that, since I've done the research, we're finding that there is a, a growing shift into um, probably sports, uh, you know what I mean by club affiliation, that, that kind of, because you've got different students who, uh, this is looking at traditional churches, and they're moving away into more charismatic churches or, or, or club affiliation, so yeah, so rather than just that, you know, that's, that's some shift that we've found in that third um, identifier. The fourth one is commitment to excellence, where Pacifica students continually seek self-improvement. Number five, relationships. For example, um, Pacifica students use their talents to promote positive relationships among their peers. So that's, that's where peer culture comes in, and that's quite critical. If, if teachers aren't able to get through to students, um, the greatest influence is, of, is of course, peer culture, not peer pressure, we're talking about positive peer culture and it's really important. Number six is resilience. For example, um, teaching, you know, Pacifica students to react to situations with purpose and with dialogue, being able to talk through and articulate things. And one of the things I was able to use resilience for even in my own pedagogy when I was um, head of music was um, if situations came about where a student was angry about something, I was able to teach them, well, are you going to be upset about a situation? That's one option. Or the second option is, are you going to be angry about it, but transform that into a constructive way of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I have strategies. So be mad about it and do something about it or cry about it and just wallow in self-pity. But teaching them to be, to be resilient was you know, really important. Um, number seven, lineage birthright. Like, for example, in, in some Pasika families, uh, family traditions shape experience, whether they had to follow, if you, for example, in, in Tongan culture, if you, if you were of royal bloodline, then you had specific duties and obligations that you had to fulfill, or in other families, if um, your family, you know, is known for music, then obviously you might have to follow the family tradition of, of musicianship, so there's different types of examples of lineage and birthright in that um, sense. Number eight was language fluency. Uh, for example, being able to communicate in oral or written forms of their mother mother tongue. Um, and even within that yeah, language fluency, um, there's the identity continuum. Uh, number nine is leadership. For example, like faithful service would progress to leadership. Uh, and, and finally, number 10, representation. Like for example, having successful career pathways would reflect well on parents. You have been listening to a Core Education podcast featuring Manu Fa'aia Simiatu and Anthony Fai Tawa.